do be like that sometimes indeed michael hello how you doing jj hey uh and this is episode 303 of we were gamers uh, a podcast uh there's only two of us today our yep. our great friend uh andy is out on assignment took the family with him yep i always liked uh that euphemism for why people were gone you just say they're on assignment and you <laughs> never explain what the assignment is or ever comment on it ever again yes although yeah. we will probably ask him about it when he's back almost assuredly <laughs> uh i felt that it would be appropriate this week then since he is gone to talk about food in his absence yes um, not that there's anything wrong with him and the food he eats or makes or anything like that, but I have food stuff to talk about, so that's where I'm at. Let's do it. Uh, my wife and I went out to dinner last night. Okay. Uh, a restaurant in San Diego that had recently gotten the, like, Bib Gourmand. What is that thing? Is it like a rating? It's not really a rating. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's, uh, yes, I do. It is the. It's given by the um, the same people who give out the uh, Michelin stars. Right. It's like the you didn't get a star, but like this is the honorable mention list or something. Yes, I think that's what Bib Gourmand is. I think there's a different one for new restaurants. Right. So this place is both new and got this Bib Gourmand rating. Although I mean, like, what is new? It was certainly new to us, so I don't know. Yes. Um, serving, like, Mediterranean cuisine. Okay. So uh, very, like, family-style oriented, a lot of, like, dips and, you know, plates to share, that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and the food was really good. I think I don't have any complaints about the food, really. Um, but it, it, it was one of those where, like, they want they wanted you to order the whole meal at once. And when I'm uh, okay, and when I'm eating family style, I never, I never know, man. Because <laughs> you can totally see the like, and they make the point where like, oh, we like to bring the courses out as they get ready, and so that we want to have the whole, you know, pre- all of it prepared for you, so you don't end up with like huge gaps in time in your meal or whatever. Sure. It, um, which we then ended up with anyway, but then also like I. I don't know coming in, like, how much is too much when you're at that kind of a place, right? And, like, they have their menu divided by sections. So am I supposed to order an appetizer, like a dip kind of thing, and then also a raw thing, and then pasta, and then a main? And, like, I or is the pasta a main? Or, like... I, right, am I going to get through the first two courses and just not be able to eat another bite but i've got three more coming yeah and like it's you know of course you know so then we ask the waiter like hey is this like enough food for two people should we order more like you know is this not enough and he's like oh yeah you know it'll probably be okay but like he seemed confused that we weren't ordering like a main meat dish or something right mm-hmm. we, had, we had ordered some prawns and so that we sort of thought that was going to be our our meat but then i guess that wasn't how he thought of it and so i and I think at the end of the day, like we we did ourselves dirty on this one because we just didn't or like we should have ordered one more course or something. OK, um, not the restaurant's fault, but like it was not clear to me that like I needed to order five courses when I came here. Sure. You know, it was like, oh, we wanted to try a couple appetizers and then we each got a main like what we thought was a main dish and like a pasta and a, a seafood thing. But then it wasn't. And I 
I don't know if this is like a cultural thing and I just screwed up here. Um, it, you know, or my wife and I both screwed up. I don't know. But the food was good. Like, I really liked it. Uh, yeah, I'm sure they got put on the list for a reason. Yeah. And like the interior was nice. The wait staff was kind of like uh, over present, I think. But I don't know. Like we were also the very first table seated in the restaurant because it was impossible uh, to get reservations. Yeah. So then there, there's going to be more of them. Than, uh, like the staff is like m- the staff is milling around in the beginning because it's literally us and like three other tables. Which then, okay, and so, like, and then also they sat, like, the first three tables all in the same waiter's area, and I was like, well, wait a minute here. (laughs) (laughs) I can understand, like, not wanting to, you know, like, have people seated thinking the restaurant is empty, but also, like, now, you know, these two other larger parties and then the two of us are a... You know, so like we didn't see the waiter for long periods of time because he had to like take an entire meal's order from like eight people at a table or whatever. Right. So and like not his fault. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Like he doesn't have any any say over that. Yeah. It's just like weird stuff that happens when you're like, oh, yeah, this is like what it's like when you go out to restaurants again. <laughs> <laughs> the things you forget. Yeah. And like, you know, like I said, the food was really great. Um, I would go again. But, uh, you know, like I'm not rushing back either. I was also you know, uh, commensurately expensive with the rating, I suppose. Yes. So, uh, that was just a very unusual, like, I, (laughs) I didn't know what to say. And like, I like Mediterranean food, I think a bit more than my wife does maybe, but also like, it was just very like, well, hmm, I don't know. Like, (laughs) is this good? Like, I'm not huge on olives and olives are a huge part of that cuisine. So then it's like, Oh, okay. Like which thing has the least olives in it? And you know, it was just a, not the not the best fit for us, I guess. Sure. Yeah, I think with if you're going somewhere that's family style, that a, something like Yelp is your friend, where you can look at a bunch of pictures and and yeah. try to get a feel for dish size. And, and that's totally on like us for not doing that research, right? Like I totally should have done that. That that would have helped. Yeah. And like I understand, you know, when I order appetizers, I expect them to be not big, and that's fine. But then, like, I didn't expect the pasta dish to be as small as it was. And it was like, oh, okay. If I had seen a picture of this, I would have, like, suggested we order something else. Sure. And you're totally right. That is the place, like, Yelp. Oh. That was not my only adventure in food uh, this past week. Oh, yeah? Yes. Uh, I'm not typically a baker, Michael. Okay, you didn't pick up sourdough like half the planet did during the shutdowns? No. Um, but, uh, yeah, I wanted to bake my wife uh, a cake for her birthday that came by recently. Um, yeah. But then she doesn't want to have a cake because a cake is too big, typically, and like kind of hard to eat and all of that. So we were like, okay, I'm going to make cupcakes. You okay. Know, this basically a cake they're just smaller right and you just put the frosting on top Mm -hmm. a little more uh easy to eat and bite size great have you made cupcakes much in your life uh i have made cupcakes several times yes okay uh so you know i I, i'm sure i've done it before in my life too but like i'd not certainly not recently and not a ton of times um so when you're making cupcakes you know, you make the batter according to the directions, you know, I mean, like, look, I'm not even doing anything fancy here. This is a box. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Um, and I'm, I'm making the mix and I'm blending all the stuff together and yada, yada. 
and then you're like, okay, so I'm going to put the thing in the in the cupcake tin now, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, how how would you say you do that part? Um, I've seen it done a bunch of different ways. I think I usually do it just with a spoon. Mm-hmm. Like uh, a regular tablespoon or? Uh, a- yeah, either probably a regular tablespoon about that size. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, did you use the, did you use the paper cups? I did. Yes. Okay. That Good. was, it was told to me to do that. Uh, and God bless that, uh, that telling because it saved me a lot of problems. Yes. It makes a lot of things easier. Yes. Uh, how much batter would you say you put in each one of those paper cups? Um, trying to think when I do it, I probably usually go somewhere, you know, I try and evenly distribute it based on whatever the hundred percent you make. You want them to be the same size, right? You don't want like a little mini one and then a gigantic one. That's no good. So you, I usually go probably between half and three quarters full because you want to give it room to expand without totally overflowing the, the cup. Yeah. So I think this wasn't explained to me too well. Uh, or maybe I missed this part of the box or something. Okay. Uh, so, you know, I had a, I, the tin I had had made like 12 at a time or whatever. And I think you were supposed to do like 18 to 24 out of this box. Uh, but I made exactly 12. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I can see where this is going. Uh, they weren't like all the way full to the top, but they were all pretty full. And so they got big, <laughs> like really big. I bet they did. Uh, and, you know, they they, they over they overfill out over the top and then they kind of like mushroom out and they kind of like at the end sort of look like muffins. Yes, they do. Um, that's, the, that's what you'll get as a result if you do that. But the problem being that like after that, like they're not done when you cook the amount that it says. Uh huh. You need to yeah, let it yeah. go quite a bit longer now because you have a really gooey not cooked center it's uh it's molten they're molten cupcakes yeah so uh i I did like i I pulled it out and then i stuck a toothpick in one and i was like wait a minute okay it came out clean but like i'm pretty sure this cupcake is liquid in the center (laughs) that's not uh edible so then i put it back in for another like 10 minutes or something it was like a a good amount longer yeah. Uh, than I might otherwise have done. And the, which I think like, and then ended up meaning the like sides and bottoms were kind of burned, uh, not burned, but like were toasted. Crunchy. Yeah. Toasted more than I would have if had, had they been cooked the proper uh, amount. But yeah, it turns out uh, I don't cook. I don't bake very much. And this is what you get when, <laughs> I mean, look, I, and you know, look, I, uh, I can be wrong. It's possible that I didn't read the box directions closely enough and see the line where it says fill up to three quarters or half or whatever. I don't know. Uh, but I, I definitely didn't little, do it. So a little advanced for box directions. Yeah. Well, look, man, you know, the box directions just says makes this many cupcakes. And I'm like, OK, start filling them up, you know, and see how it goes. And then I'm like, I'm at the, I'm at like cupcake 11 and I'm like, well, there's not like a lot of thing. I don't even make 18 out of this. Huh? Weird. I'm just going to like finish these last ones and then even them out. And it'll be like, you know, 12. Great. And then, you know, they, I see them balloon up over the top as they're cooking. And I'm like, well, okay, then <laughs> this is why they told you this. Oops. 
they still tasted good though it like you know you can solve everything by just putting more frosting on top right yeah so what kind of cupcakes did you make uh there is a cake that my family has been making for the birthdays uh for like uh forever i don't know where this thing got started it's possible you've even had it i don't know you've been with me enough times maybe chocolate peanut butter cake uh that sounds really familiar yes it is yellow cake mix uh, but you don't make it exactly according to the box. You put some peanut butter in in place of like some of the oil and the water. Okay. And so it's like yellow cake mix, uh, peanut butter, and eggs. And right. then you you, you know, peanut butter has oil in it, and so you're kind of getting right. that, yeah. getting that way. Uh, and then the frosting is chocolate Hershey syrup, Hershey syrup, uh, the corn light corn syrup, and peanut butter. Okay. And uh, you just whip that all together uh, as good yeah. as you can. Uh, and it is amazing. <laughs> Especially if you're a big peanut butter fan. Which I am. Uh, well established. And, yes, uh, well known. Uh, and my wife likes peanut butter also uh, quite a bit. And the chocolate uh, frosting in this is the best. And the best thing about it is because you're making the frosting, well, you could just make extra frosting. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the extra frosting goes real good on, like, graham crackers or, like, any kind of, like, snacky thing that you just want to have some little sweet on. Um, Shoot, put that on pancakes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It would be, like, it, it is uber rich and would be amazing on pancakes. Uh, so they turned out fine. You know, and, like, the little cupcakes are easy enough to, like, you know, break up with your fork and smear uh you know, frosting all over it, and it's great, and you don't notice that it's a little overdone on the bottom or whatever. Yeah. So, thank goodness uh, I was bailed out there by myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, if you uh, if you decide to give it another go, I will uh, I will tell you the one hack that I like to use when I'm making something like cake or cupcakes. If it's chocolate and a box mix, okay. Rather than using the the water amount that they suggest. I like to replace it with something like spiced rum. Oh, interesting. Because the alcohol bakes off and you just get that spice taste uh, infused into the cake. Oh, I will. I will try this. You should give it a shot. I will try this. That sounds very good. Well, that sounds awesome. Uh, what yeah. You, uh, we, uh, yeah. We what have you been some, up to? some food adventures of our own actually over the weekend. All right. Um, we have been going, this was, this was our third visit actually. Um, but we've been getting Disney reservations over the last few weeks because we are about halfway through their annual food and wine festival. Okay. I heard a thing about this and I want you to, to tell it to me. So, okay. Give me the, um, the stuff. Yeah. So it's been good. They do it in California adventure every year and they roll out, these 10, I think it's 10 little portable booths and each booth has a theme and they offer generally two or three, um, small plates and then, um, a couple of drinks at each location. Um, you know, a good mix of both alcoholic and non-alcoholic. And then a lot of the permanent locations, uh, add extra things to their menu. Some of which are, uh, are specifically for the food festival. Okay. Are there standouts? So far, I would say the the best thing we've had was yesterday. We had a white cheddar lager soup. Ooh, okay. That came with a small, like a half sandwich that was prosciutto and fig spread. 
Oh my. Um, and the, each, each piece was great on its own. Like I would have been happy just eating the soup by itself, but together it was, it was just balanced perfectly. I will say I love a good prosciutto. So like prosciutto with fig, like it sounds so good. Yeah. The sweet and salty just in the right amounts. So uh, what else? What else have we, did we have that was really, really good? Um, there was a, there's a Cubano slider that's really tasty. Okay. They also sometimes have weird stuff. Anything particularly weird? Yes. So this year, uh, and we haven't quite been able to bring ourselves to try it. They have a frozen avocado bar. What? So think like think like a popsicle, but it's frozen avocado or avocado cream. I'm not exactly sure on the end of the stick. Which. I, I could sort of get behind on its own, like avocado ice cream or avocados in, in cakes and brownies is a thing. Uh, and I know okay, it's very yeah. popular, but they top it with pico de gallo. What? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll find a picture and send you this because it, it looks very different. Uh, and we have not been brave enough to try it. Okay, I, 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 I have a lot of questions. I, <laughs> I guess the idea of taking it, like, I'm, I hesitate to say this is a food crime because I guess I can, like, if you gave me an avocado on a stick, I would probably just go to town and be very happy, right? So, like, yeah. that part isn't all the way weird. Like, it being frozen is kind of, okay, not usual, but I guess I could, like, you know, there's probably some concession you have to make there to, like, making it actually, like, not go bad within 10 minutes. Yeah. What is with the pico de gallo topping? How can that be? I just, I don't, here, I'm sending you a picture so you can actually see this. It's actually, they call it frozen guacamole. Okay. 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 This is a food crime. What is this? <laughs> I... People need to see this picture. I don't know how to. Oh, but I, I know, we should post this on our social media. I guess we can post it. I, yeah, that picture of the bar with the stuff on top of it. It's like okay, so like think of like a child's popsicle, right? But not like the long skinny ones, like a creamsicle, like the fatter ones, you know? Yeah. And it has the stick in the end, but then on top, it's like like taquitos from the mexican place where they sprinkle it with pico de gallo and cheese uh-huh tortilla crunch lime crema yeah like i ordered and like i get the idea but it's cold yeah and so the pico uh, de gallo is cold yeah so the whole thing <sighs> is just gonna be cold I, I don't think i can do this i like the idea of so like you know if you did this and then you were like and we put like weird avocado, frozen avocado chunks on a taco. I'd be like, heck yeah, let's go. Right? Yeah. And then you're like, and actually, we just made the frozen avocado in a stick and then put pico de gallo and cheese on top. Nothing else. Now I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> well, this sounds like a bait and switch. Yeah. I, 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 man, I don't know what to say. I, I, I can't think about this. I don't know what to say. Yeah. The people on this blog you linked me to are raving about it also. <laughs> we uh we did we heard one review from a friend who said it was a little bit weird. 
Yeah. And I get the idea, like, they're all kind of, like, fresh flavors, and, you know, it's kind of... And maybe it's good. I don't know. I, I just... I can't... My... My boomer mind is rebelling against the idea of combining them this way. <laughs> I... And I know that I like all of these ingredients separately, right? Yes. So probably together they will be good. But I just... They're cold. Yeah. I can't get over the cold you part. Need, you just need them together <laughs> in a different arrangement. Or a different temperature gradient. Like, <laughs> if, if you took that... If you just wait and let that thing melt... And then spread it over some chips. Yeah, like, that would be amazing, maybe. At which point, they've just made nachos. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. No, there isn't. And, like, okay, so then this is the, the real question. Is it actually guacamole, or is it just avocado? So it's hard to say. There's a if you keep scrolling down, there's a picture with a, a couple of bites taken out of it, and it looks smooth all the way through. So it looks but, they call it guacamole, but it looks more like avocado ice cream. But, but also, if you're putting that stuff into a like ice cream maker or something, like they probably mm -hmm. are, then it's probably getting mashed up in there pretty good anyway. So like, would you know if it was different from just avocado? I feel like you would. I feel like you'd still get small pieces of, of darker green in there among the pale green. Yeah. It's such a uniformly pale color that it makes me think that it was pureed ahead of time. And then they probably just mixed it with lime juice or whatever to give it some flavors and then called it. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Because, see, I, okay, maybe this is better then. Like, I, I guess that's probably better because when I think about avocado or guacamole, I think of like, it's got little onions in it. It's got cilantro, a lot right. of lime juice, salt and pepper, maybe some jalapeno, maybe some jalapenos, maybe tomatoes, maybe not like, and they got some of that stuff on top here based on sure. this, but yeah, gosh, man, I, hmm, I don't know. I would have to be feeling adventurous on the day I chose to eat this, I think. I don't think I would just, like, any day sign up to have this. For sure. Well, that sounds cool, uh, though. So have you guys been doing yes. that a few times? We have. Um, oh, actually, one of the other highlights, and I, I think you you would be down to try this one. They have a mango chamoy churro. Oh. And it's um, it is one of their churros and then drizzled with the, the chamoy sauce and topped with diced mango and then sprinkled with tahini. Ooh. Yeah, it is. Uh, it it sounds very... pretty good. I'm not usually like a huge piece of mango fan, but I mean, I like mangoes and this yeah. sounds really good. <laughs> and it's diced it's diced really small too. Yeah, so. so it's like it's not like you're eating like cubes. You're eating like little no, pieces no. there. Yeah. Okay, that sounds good. I would yeah, I would totally get that. Yeah. So, lots of good stuff this year. Nice. Nice. I always uh, uh miss these events. I've been like once or twice to these. Maybe actually with you guys, I don't remember. Probably with you guys at one point. Um I think so. I think at least one. Yeah, and I would love to go again, but, like, it's just not close to us, unfortunately. Yeah. Also, like, literally today it was, like, a downpour, so I don't know that it would have been a good day to go today. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it would have been the best day to go. Yeah, true, true. If you had, like, a little umbrella for your food. Yep. 
And they do. They do. Some of the tables that they have set up have umbrellas over them for the okay, cool. normally for keeping the sun out. Right. Yes. Because the sun is really the, the normal factor at that kind of place. Right. All right. All right. Good deal. Been up to anything else? So I, I saw a thing that I want to give a shout out for. Okay. Um, you and you and I and Andy as well um, have talked at length about how much how big of fans we are of Celeste. Mm-hmm. And I know you guys called me out. You in particular called me out last week for being crazy, for taking the time to find all the Korok seeds in Breath of the Wild. True story. I'm going to contend. I'm going to contend that this is crazier, crazier a, than uh, finding nine million Korok seeds or whatever it is. Yes. So a Twitch streamer in Brazil uh, named Rick Fernello, all one word, spent the time to complete a 100 percent deathless run of Celeste. Wow. So does that mean all the strawberries it does all the extra sides i think so maybe you just have to unlock the side you don't have to complete it yeah i'm not sure if it includes the the b and c sides it definitely would include getting all the hearts though because you need all those to get to the last levels right oh my god so you have to do at least some of the other sides and then go back because usually you get those hearts in like out of the way places and you can't just like die to go back to the checkpoint. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh my god. That is crazy. People that have uh played or that don't understand, I think I we'll have to ask Andy uh how far he got and what his death count is. I want to say mine was in the like low thousands. <laughs> Uh, I think mine is definitely in that in that area. Like not not broaching double digit thousands, but like you know five thousand, four thousand, something like that. <laughs> it, and that's just getting to the last levels and beating them barely. <laughs> like I didn't. Not you know. Uh, that's insane, dude. No deaths. The wow. Yeah. So I haven't I haven't gone. I saw a clip of his of the last, you know, like 30 seconds of it. The big but I haven't one. gone and found the uh, the full video. Oh, man. I think it'll be worth watching. Yeah, totally. Well, hopefully that guy uh, is getting some recognition for that. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. In terms of interesting stuff that I saw, uh, I wanted to bring up, you know, uh, fans of the podcast will remember that we're big supporters of vampire survivors on here. Uh, yes. Uh, they've released some updates, um, which is all well and good. Uh, but I think Andy and I both had said at the last time that we were kind of just going to hold off a little bit and let them, you know, kind of do their development. Right. Uh, they put out a roadmap to 1.0. Oh, yeah. So they have listed a whole bunch of stuff that they are talking about adding to the game. And like, here's their plans and like when stuff is generally coming. So they are at... They currently have 15 of 24 planned characters. Okay. Five of, is this, I think it says eight or 12 planned stages. Oh, sorry, it's 10 planned stages. 18 of 20 planned power-ups. 32 of 48 planned weapons. 
one of five planned relics, and they're planning to introduce an entire new gameplay element called Arcanas, which they say will, okay. are, are going to do an entire new level of ways to, like, an entire different axis on which the runs can change. And huh. this all is right. all of this stuff, and they have, like, some, like, brief discussions uh, below about, like, kind of how, when they're planning to add these things and kind of how and, like, what's the goal. Um and it sounds like Arcanas are the next big, like, quote, gameplay element that they're adding. And I think they're saying that that's coming later in April. And then the other big one is coming closer to, like, the end of June. However, at, the, right. at the same time, they have been working with uh, some, they say, trusted freelancers to port the game from the engine that it's in to, it says, uh, a, what was the, the phrase? It's like, uh popular modern game engine <laughs> okay uh basically because the guy's saying like hey this is all well and good for like people playing on pc but i want like i originally put this out as an android game in a couple markets and it did so terribly that like you were getting like single digit frames by the ends of runs that like it was i just stopped developing it and focused only on the pc one and the modern game engines can solve all these problems that I can't solve in my engine because I'm not a, you know, I don't have, you know, the knowledge necessary. Sure. Yeah. But obviously porting it to these other engines is a big problem and takes like tons of time and like would stall all the developments and stuff. And so that's why some of the stuff that they had promised in January has kind of been delayed until like these more recent patches because they're doing all this work in parallel, trying to get this other engine up to speed and also have all this new stuff at the same time. Right. Right. Um, but he's like talking about that. Hey, you know, I've tested my current version on the steam deck and it runs like trash. <laughs> and he's like, Oh no, but I've tested the mod, the modern engine version and it runs buttery smooth 60 FPS the entire way, even no matter how many things you put on the screen. Right. Yep. And he's like, so it's coming and I will get it like it, it is, you know, he's like, it's I, I want to play it on the Steam Deck too. I want to put out versions for phones. I want it to be able to play all these places because the game can do it and there's no reason why it shouldn't be right. And the modern game engine allows him to port it to phones much easier as well, apparently. So I and you know, the guy just could not say enough nice things about like, I never expected all this and I'm so lucky and I'm so happy that people are are loving this game and like. I, it's so like uplifting to read a person who was like just really clearly very happy and joyous and like so like you know what's what's the word but like you know, so happy that to be in this place and like you know feeling humbled to try and like you know get the things done that he really wants to right so uh, I am super excited for this I don't know that they said exactly when they're planning to go 1.0 um, and like leave early access but it sounds like, you know, they're making good progress and adding some, like, really cool new features. Very nice. Yeah, that's been a, uh, something that I always, like, you know, keep, try to keep my eye on. It's like, oh, is there another Vampire Survivors update? Ooh. Yeah, it sounds like you guys will have a lot of fun stuff to come back to when you're, uh, when they finally release the full 1.0. Yeah, I know they've already added, like, a new web, a new map that I haven't seen at all and stuff. Uh, he also, in that uh, blog post, the development post, talks about where the sprites came from, like this asset pack that he got and all this stuff. It's like interesting stuff for people that have played it and are interested. Oh, that's cool. So definitely check that stuff out. Uh, 
in the meantime, I've been playing some games. Have you been playing any games? Uh, a little bit, a little bit. Made a little more progress at uh, at Breath of the Wild. Nice. Uh, now that your anything... quest for the Koroks are done. Yeah, back to the main quest. Nice. Are you on the dungeons, or are you heading to Ganon's castle? So I had already done the first of the dungeons, so I'm I'm back on the path to the second one. Good deal. Yeah. Uh, my I have continued playing Elden Ring. I know you're surprised. Shocked. Shocked. I say. Um, I Andrew had mentioned the name of a boss in an earlier podcast, and uh, I eventually got to this boss. Um, yeah, I can confirm that that boss sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Shenanigans. Shenanigans called. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that boss is insanely cheap. I fully understand why people have a really, really tough time with that fight. I also did. I think I spent a good almost hour and a half or two straight hours doing attempts and i'm trying to cheese <laughs> so like right yeah it's not like i just am trying to like you know fight it fair by myself 1v1 you know like the the quote-unquote getting good way or whatever no i'm like full-on cheese strats like what is the most <laughs> overpowered thing what is the brokenest build i can do <laughs> like yeah i was uh i was deeply embedded with that stuff and uh it still took me like two hours yeah, but you pulled it off. I did. Uh, I got the achievement, so people can can go find it. Uh, and then from there, I cruised around, and I actually got to the credits. Oh, yeah? Because it turns out that that boss is way harder than the rest of the bosses in the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so I completed my first playthrough. Uh, I may end up playing some more, I think. Um, I don't know if I'll do a New Game Plus or if I'll start over again. Probably, okay. probably do a New Game Plus, because it's probably a bit easier at that point. Yeah. Can you go back into your file and keep playing? Like, is there a last checkpoint kind of thing? So they give you, uh, so you you can do that. They give you an option after you beat the last boss uh, and you see the ending. If you want to start, they call it like start journey two. Uh, or if you want to uh, just go ahead and like keep putzing around in your world late game in that game there are some changes that you can't undo um so some stuff is going to be changed as a result of that obviously okay. uh, and like you know it's not like bosses respawn um that kind of stuff but if you want to go explore and like find places you didn't find um because i'm i'm 100 percent sure i didn't find everything the game is too big like there's no way i didn't find i found every cave or every little like walking around boss at night or whatever there are bosses that just spawn randomly on roads in the middle of the night. Like, I just... If I wasn't walking around at night, you'd never find it, right? Yeah. So, I'm sure there's stuff like that that I haven't seen. Uh, but I feel like I saw the majority of what's there, uh, and I, the, the majority of, like, what I was willing to go bother finding, right? Yeah. So, man, what a game. I... I love that game. I don't know that I will go back and fight that super hard boss every time. <laughs> uh, especially, like, because, again, in the way I, like, the specific way I beat it, I don't know that is available to, like, every playstyle. Okay. And I think it would be more annoying to have to play it another way. If I was playing certain other ways, I could see it being, like, really, really frustrating. I'm sure it's possible. Again, like people are like, wait, that guy beat Celeste Deathless. I'm sure someone can beat this boss without taking damage or whatever. Right. But like that person isn't me. <laughs> and 
you know, I, I rarely have two hours straight to sit and make attempts at a boss like that. I happen to have more time this weekend than usual, but that's not every weekend. And, you know, so I, thankfully it is not like it's not a required boss on the path to the end game. So. OK, that's nice. Well, that's, good. that's nice, at least. And yeah, if you got the uh, if you got the achievement for it, there's not necessarily a need to go back and do it again. Yeah, totally. And, and like you know, yeah, it, totally. It's just like oh, you know, can I? Um, and then you go in and be like, nope, I can't. All right, cool, we're done. I don't need. <laughs> you know, is this like? But who knows? Maybe in like level two or like a new game plus, it, things are easier. I, they do scale. Like these games do have some scale in the new game plus, but you know. I think typically you scale faster than the bosses at those points. So, okay. But we'll see. Who knows? Um, but yeah, that's kind of been like occupying most of my time. I'm trying to figure out like what I want to play next. You know, like what is the if I what's the other another game I want to use with my time? I've been hearing a lot of good stuff about that Kirby game. Oh, the new one for Switch. Yeah, what's the Kirby in the Forgotten Land? I think so. Yeah, hearing a lot of good stuff about that. Yes, uh, so have I. So, not sure if that's one uh, I'll go into, or if I want to go try and find out Triangle Strategy. I also kind of still want to play that. Is there still a demo of that game? I should play the demo first, probably. I believe the demo is still available on Switch. Mm -hmm. Yes, I think so. But yeah, it looks that was one that, I, from the looks of it, I kind of go back and forth of, this looks good. Is this good? Yeah. Yeah, this looks good. Like it totally does. Uh it has that look like Octopath did where, you know, like the Octopath look is very striking and interesting. Yeah, the two and a half D and the art style. Right. And then I like I don't I don't hear a lot of people talking about it, so then it's like, oh, was this game not good? Or is it just that these kinds of games aren't popular, which is also true? Right. Is this another um xenoblade chronicles situation where like first comes out no one really knew anything about it and only a you know a small handful of people actually played it and got really into it right and then like oh they're gonna make a you know xenoblade 2 or whatever and oh my god it's huge right or like you know or at least it's way bigger than the first one so yeah. i don't know um we'll see i i do kind of want to check that out i also i the some stuff i heard about like kirby kirby has like a really crazy end game apparently which is like a weird thing to say like there's huh. like it does one of those things like what is it like mario odyssey where it has like bonus worlds after the credits that are like super hard okay um which was cool i like you played odyssey right yes yes okay. i did did you play the like post credits world yeah the darker side Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. It's tough, right? Yeah, there's that one uh there's that one crazy level at the end that's all one long stretch with no checkpoints that you have to get through. Yeah, man. Yeah. It, you know, and then there's the like the cool N sixty four level at the end also. Yes, I like that. Uh yeah, totally a really cool game. Uh and so apparently this Kirby game has some stuff like that also. Um, I have not been trying to watch like I've seen people playing it online because like I watch streams and stuff every now and then but like yeah it was it's looking very interesting so I've, I I kind of want to play that but then also like I don't know I don't know is it 
I don't know, Michael, what should I do? <laughs> well, one thing you can do is uh, spend a little more time working on some crossword puzzles. Yeah, buddy. This was, uh, that is the perfect segue. <laughs> and since we don't have Andy here, this is the perfect time to talk about this. Yeah, let's dive into it. So I know, uh, I know like my experience with these, but like, I, where did you come from? Uh, I guess like to clue people in here, we, Michael and I have been doing the New York Times crossword puzzles for quite a while at this point. I used to do them quite a bit when I was in college. Then I kind of fell off when I didn't have like easy access to a free paper. <laughs> right. Um, and then I rediscovered the app at some point uh, during the pandemic uh, and started playing the the crossword puzzles there. Um, what's your history with crosswords? Um, I think I started doing them in probably high school mm. because my so my dad would always do. Uh, the jumble in the paper. So I don't know if that was a thing that was in your paper. Oh, my grandfather loved the jumble. Yeah. So my dad would always do the jumble typically at night when he was, when we were sitting in front of the TV or he was watching, watching a game. Um, and so I, you know, I would, I would sit with him and do those when I was really young. And then I started getting into them myself. And then our paper added, uh, it had a crossword puzzle and then it also added Sudoku. Mm hmm. Um, so I would pick up, you know, doing the, the early in the week ones to start because they, you got to most, you got to like start most there. Papers, they get, yeah, they get harder as the week goes on. And I think that's an uh, important clue for people who want to try and get into these sorts of games. Do them on Monday. Yes. It, yeah. Definitely but, start with Monday and they get harder as the week goes on. Although I think like Friday in a lot of ways is harder than the weekends, at least for yeah. the crossword puzzle. But it, certainly the Friday, Saturday, Sunday is much more difficult than like Monday, Tuesday. Yes. Yes, it is. So that's a big tip for folks out there trying to get into like games like Sudoku and the Jumble and crosswords, especially in the paper. So and then, you know, I've started doing the the crossword puzzles and I try them. I think I try them every day, but I don't always finish. OK. Um. But I have, like, now I have a streak. I have to try and keep it going, you know? Like, yeah, I the, know what you mean. The app does a good job of tracking. I'm on, like, 35, 36 Mondays in a row or something like that. Okay. Um, and, it, you know, if I solved every day, it would just keep your daily streak and, like, keep telling you, you know, how, how you're mm -hmm. doing. Um, yeah. But since I typically, like, end up not finishing over the weekends or sometimes not paying attention because I'm doing other stuff or whatever, um. Like, that's my longest streak. But it, it's so pleasant to, like, sit down in the morning with a cup of tea and, like, sit and, like, work a little word puzzle while you're drinking your tea and getting warmed up or, you know, whatever for your morning. It's just become, like, a little morning ritual for me. I love it. Yeah. So I, I'm the flip side. I tend to do mine at night, and I find them to be a good way to just sort of unwind from the day and... and focus on something that is not, uh, you know, work or what has been going on during the day. Yeah. I, t I, I understand that too. Like I, we also have talked on this podcast about doing Wordle. Um, and that is another game that like, I like to also play in the similar vein, right? It's like a, just a fun little brain teaser in the morning, uh, to work yes. on. So when you're solving the crosswords, um, 
Like, what are some good tips for people? Because I think, like, a lot of people get intimidated by crossword puzzles. Like, oh, all these words. I don't know trivia and vocabulary. It's hard. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. What do... What... What can I offer as good tips? Um, you don't have to start in the uh, and and go through the clues in order. I feel like a lot of people look at it and think, well, you know, I don't I don't know this, I don't know that. It's sometimes easier to jump around the puzzle and fill in the things that you do know. Um, and even if it's even if it's partial words, as you get into it, if you know, you know the first half of what a clue is going to be. It's good to sometimes just fill those letters in even without completing the word because seeing them in the puzzle will often trigger, you know, the word in the other direction. 100%. And like there are like little bits of like crossword ease or like crossword knowledge in general that I I don't know if they apply to all crosswords, but they definitely apply to the New York Times one. And I... I think like if people learn some of this stuff, it could be really helpful. So stuff that helped me a lot was learning that the the tense of the words, like the the matches the tense of the word in the clue. Yes. So so a lot of times you can get a free S or a free E D filled into a into a space. Yes, and that's huge. Free S. Like even if you have no idea what the clue is, right? And it says like places you go. That's all it says. Well, places you go, places is plural, so it has to end in an S, right? Yep. As you just put that S in there, you got a free letter. Even if you have no idea what the clue means, you know, or how many letters it is or whatever. It could be 15 letters long. You don't know. But it ends in an S because it says places. And so there you go. That's a free letter. And, you know, then you can look at the, the, the uh, instead of the across, the up and down ones. And, hey, maybe that free S now triggers something, oh, this is a word that you know now because the S is in the middle of that word or whatever. Right. Uh, Or, like, just the same with the EDs or the ERs or, you know, those kinds of endings that you could just glean from just looking at the, like, the tense of the words. Yes. Uh, Similarly, stuff that uses, uh, like, when there are, you see it a lot with short clues that have, like, a word in parentheses. Yes. So it'll say, like, down with and with is in parentheses that clue will mean when you say the word in the in the puzzle you can put with after it and it will have the same meaning so if you say like down with you can also the the clue would be you know something with and that would have the same meaning as down with right so you know it's not like the so they're really asking you for like a synonym to down in that instance, but not always like the phrase or whatever may not make sense without that with there. So that can be a helpful one also. And those are just, and there's like way more that I can't even think of all of them. I would say the one, the one that I would want to mention would be the question mark. Oh yes. Good one. The implications of it. So when you see a clue that ends in a question mark, so it'll, it'll usually be a, a short little phrase, two or three words. But the implication is that the answer will be a play on words. Right, like a pun or a, a little like play on words, a jokey phrase or something like that. Right. And that is like, uh, I'm trying to think. Of, oh, so there was one recently uh, that the clue, it was a very short clue three or four letters, uh, four letters, I guess. And it was, uh, 
get steamed up or a place to get steamed up question mark and the answer was spas right s-p-a-s mm-hmm. because when you think of steamed up that's not what you mean like typically when you say that you're talking about people getting steamed they're getting mad like angry right exactly and so a place to get angry would not be the same thing as a place to like go enjoy a steam bath <laughs> Right. And so that's their that's what they mean with those little question marks, like little a little you got to kind of turn it on its head a little bit or think in a playful way about the words. Yep. Yeah. And those can be really tough sometimes. Um, but you also, you know, every now and then you'll just like. See exactly what they mean immediately. And you're like, oh, OK, like, I don't what's the word play? <laughs> like, I, for, right. I, I didn't get it. <laughs> Yeah, you the way you read it is the way that they intended the the pun. And as the as the week goes on, they get more and more tricky with how you read the clues. So like, you know, there'll be a lot of I'm trying to think of an example of one of these. But they'll use words in not the meaning you think. Right, and because they're written rather than spoken, spoken out loud. Yes. You can't you there are there are a lot of homophones. That's mm-hmm, what that's mm-hmm. what you're looking for. Um, and also like, you know, words that can be used as multiple parts of speech or mean multiple things in different contexts. And you may not under you don't know which context they're speaking in. Right. Because they don't give you any more clues, right? And so you sort of have to find that out from finding the crossing answers. Uh, to sort of figure out like oh, when they said this they meant that way instead of this other way. And that I find gets like way hard, especially when you read a word in a certain way and you're like, oh, this word is is read. Oh, no, actually, it's read. <laughs> That's a big difference, right? Yes. And it's like they, they get trickier with that stuff as the week goes on. Usually in the early part of the week, the first reading is generally the correct one. And as it gets towards the later parts that you have to be more worried about, well, actually, am I being tricked here? <laughs> yes. Uh, I I have really really enjoyed doing these crosswords, man. Uh, do you have are you have a, do you, are you on a streak currently? Uh, yes, I am. I have done consent. Well, I missed one day um, because I just let the time roll over on me. It was when I had first started using the app again. So like I, these puzzles come out at weird times. Also, I want to point out at least weird for us people on the West Coast. I. Are they like some regular set time Eastern or something? It's like, I don't know. Cause I always feel like, I always feel like they roll out around seven or eight at night here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Which it's, it's earlier than that on the weekends, I think. Yeah, it might be. So I, I'm sure that's posted somewhere. There's like a schedule of when this stuff is going to happen. But if you don't solve it before the next one comes out, your streak ends, uh, which is unfortunate. Yeah. So I my current streak is going back to February fourth. That's really good. Dang man. Yep. So I should get uh, I should get the full month this month since it ends on a on a Thursday. Nice. And uh, what level of like clue help do you indulge in? Uh, I try to do very, very little. Occasionally I'll look up how to spell something mm-hmm. if I'm sure, if I'm pretty sure of what the answer is, but I, I can't remember how to spell it. Um, 
I'll look up the spelling, but other than that, I try not to look up anything. I have gotten super stuck a couple times when proper names cross other proper names. Yes, it happened to me the other day. And I I get so irrationally angry at that. And I'm like, yep. if I didn't know this actor's name and crossed with the this the piece of trivia about a mountain how am i supposed to know this this is impossible like you know like i didn't happen to know the two weird pieces and you're like i don't know what this middle letter is and it could plausibly be like three or four different things and you're like well i i I have no recourse the two things that i would use to figure this out both don't help me (laughs) right and i that's an unfortunate one. That doesn't happen very often. They're usually pretty good about that stuff. Um, it doesn't. Although it did just happen the other day. I I remember it because it happened to me the other day. <laughs> it, yeah. it was like an Academy Award winning actress and then like a novelist or something that crossed each other. And it's like, I yeah. don't know yeah, either of I was, these. I was thinking of the one that was a, a comedian on the, um, was it the Bob Newhart show? And then crossed with another, like, very specific actor. Yeah. And, and, like, I always feel like... I don't feel bad looking up, like, the pop culture references or the references to actors and actresses who I have no idea who they are or novelists and stuff like that. Yeah. So I, I, I typically take those as free because I'm never going to figure that out. Like, if I can't figure it out from the from the crosses or whatever and it becomes, like, an obvious name, you know, like, people's last names and stuff, it's like, okay... This is never happening. I don't know who, you know, Ava DuVernay is or whatever. Um, but that's a bad example because I do know who that is. Yes. But I, but also a common a common crossword clue. A common crossword clue. And I think that's something else people should be aware of when they work on crosswords. Eventually, if you keep working on them, you start learning, like, popular answers, things that come up again and again, like, really... Mm-hmm. Really, pieces of uh, crossword ease that become popular enough that like you can pick up on it. Acai, acai, man, A C A I. They love that little fruit. <laughs> uh, they also love Oreos. Yes, they do. Uh, they love Etta James. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ava DuVernay, like I said, uh, or like people with like weird short names uh, or names that are interesting sets of letters, like Otto. That stuff kind of comes up a lot just because those people have weird names uh, and they fit nicely into crossword grids sometimes. Yes. All right. Yeah, I think the one thing that that trips me up most frequently are the long, like, wall-to-wall clues. It's why I, like, don't like doing the ones on the weekend sometimes because they have huge clues every now and then. And it's just like, okay, this grid, you know, it's like a 16-letter clue spanning the entire grid. And you're just like, oh, man. (laughs) I have no chance of figuring this out from the first guess, you know? Yep. And especially like sometimes they're really mean and like the clue is like one word. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then it's even harder. Yeah. And to their credit, it's not always like that, but I, that's like the archetypal scary, cl- scary clue in my mind. It's just yeah. like a huge number of letters with like long crosses that are also like, I can't get anything to fill in in any place to start in this grid. Yeah. So that feeling I'll, I'll finish with this. That feeling for me as a kid was magnified exponentially because, and I, I don't remember if I bought it for myself or if someone got it for me as a gift, but I had a giant five foot by five foot crossword. 
Whoa. With regular sized clue boxes. Oh, no. Yeah. So the clue, the clue list of clues for this puzzle looked like a uh, an old school video game strategy guide. It was that big. I, it would have to be right. It would have to be like a whole book. Yeah. That's awesome. Did so, you finish eventually? Oh, no, I didn't. I never came even close. Yeah. God, um, I think it's I think the box is still somewhere in my parents house. That's very cool. I just, uh, man, it has been such a fun time working on those. So I'm glad we got to talk about it. I know that's something that you and I have been doing, and I don't think Andy is too into it. So I'm glad we were able to to have a crossword chat. Well, Michael, uh, I think that's going to bring us about to the end of this episode of We Were Gamers. Uh, If people want to send us emails and tell us about other sweet crosswords that we should learn, where could they do that? Yeah, they can email us at podcast at wewergamers.com. Uh, we love getting emails. We will usually collect them into a bunch and then respond to some live. Uh, you could also get at us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are we were gamers on all those places. Uh, you can follow us on your podcasting app of choice. And you should go check out our YouTube channel. Yeah, pre-apologies for this week's video probably not being as fancy as uh, others in the past since uh, I'm going to be doing it, but uh, we'll we'll get there. We'll get something. It'll be up. Yeah, hopefully folks liked uh, what came out. <laughs> hopefully I, I successfully <laughs> produce it. Uh, and it was great chatting with you as always, Michael. And, you as well. And we'll see all the folks out there next time. Yeah, join us next week. <laughs>